Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of your favorite green podcast, uh, the Clean Tech Pod. And of course, we discuss everything clean tech and climate change um, across West Africa and the world. So with us today, we have um, Nonso Okeke, who leads the circular economy portfolio at Clean Technology Hub. And um, we're going to be discussing a really important topic today, uh, you know, which is quite somber as well um, for those affected. The ongoing flooding crisis, which has displaced thousands of Nigerians in different parts of the country. But yeah, thank you for joining us today, Nonso. Thank you for having me today, David. It's a pleasure to be here again. Yeah. So, um, Nonso, I just wanted to ask, how are you feeling like presently as... Um, you know, someone who is working in the climate action space and having to witness the impacts of flooding in real time. How, like, how are you feeling? Uh, honestly, I think <clears throat> the words that come to mind are privileged and fortunate. And I say that because mm. it's hard looking around and seeing, you know, your fellow citizens uh, many of whom have lost everything, many of whom have also lost their lives, you know, with the flooding yeah. crisis. And, you know, it's a really great privilege for us to actually just be here to talk about it, whereas the people who are living it daily and they don't know when they're ever going to be able to go home, where their next yeah. meal will come from. And it's it's a really, really bad and tragic situation. And I just pray that we have a resolution soon. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree, you know, um, we have whole rice farms that are supposed to supply rice to the nation, like being flooded. You know, you're thinking about like the impacts of like on food and um, how the food value chain is going to change. And you know, inflation was already a problem, and it's going to going to become an even bigger problem for people. Um, yeah. But for listeners and Nigerians that do not know, um, what are some of the common causes of flooding? And for us in Nigeria specifically, um, what do you think are the underlying causes in these regions across the country? Okay, so I'll first of all start by talking about some of the major causes for the flooding that we're currently experiencing. Okay. So last month, um, the Cameroonian government released the excess water from the Lagdo Dam. And the problem is, ordinarily, there's nothing wrong with that because when you know, with the dams that are reservoirs of water, it gets to a point where the water rises to a certain level and you have to let some of it out so that it doesn't yeah. get overrun. And some decades ago, there was an, uh, a discussion between the Cameroonian government and the Nigerian government where Cameroon would construct a dam, Nigeria would construct their own dam, so that when Cameroon is letting some of their water out, there would be a dam in Adamawa State to yeah. contain some of the water being released. Unfortunately, our government didn't hold on to, they didn't live up to their own end of the bargain. And mm. as a result, as the um, Lagdo Dam has, um, the water in the Lagdo Dam has been released, that yeah. came like flooding into some of the states in um, Nigeria and has just spread over and caused so much damage. But then also, outside of that, the problem with flooding is it's also a drainage issue. Because mm. in many places, there are no appropriate channels or infrastructure to deal with the, the voluminous water. And so when the water has nowhere to go, there hasn't been any um, 
course that has been charted for the water to flow. It's obviously just overflows everywhere and fills homes, sweeps away people's properties and has actually caused a significant amount of damage. There's actually some very harrowing news that, especially areas in the south, yeah. uh, shallow graves where people have been buried due to like, the, the terrain, the flood water mm-hmm. has actually ripped coffins out and some of the coffins have been ripped open by the water I, pressure. I think it's, I saw that as well. Yeah, it's really dark, but yeah, that's the, that's the reality some people are living with right now. Yeah. But like, where do you think um, the government can come in, right? And, um, you know, especially, I mean, we have a, a Ministry of Environment and we also have like uh, agencies and um, ministries that are dedicated to humanitarian affairs. And where do you think they can come in? And um, what do you think personally uh, can be done differently, at least maybe from what they're doing to mitigate these um, um, impacts? So first and foremost, we have a National Emergency Management Agency or NEMA. And what they need to do is they need to be more proactive in um, dealing with issues like this. Because the reality is, this flood didn't catch anybody by surprise. The places that are affected, um, I mean, states are Adamawa, Anambra, Bayelsa, Benue, Cross River, Delta, Imo, Jigawa, Kogi, and River states. There's just uh, about 10 of the most heavily affected states today. There's no surprise that's, that the flood came and they are affected. The only surprise is, I guess, they were not prepared for the severity of it. And so, in the future, what needs to be done is there needs to be a, a better reliance on geographical information systems and data mm. from meteorological meteorological agencies to improve early, early warning systems and evacuate as many people as possible. Because um, it's one thing to reduce the people's exposure to um, flood risk, but at the same time, because so many, a lot of infrastructure is not currently in place, there needs to be a lot of work done to improve response units and evacuate as many people out as possible in order to reduce loss of life. And then the government needs to just get about um, constructing the dam. Uh, Honestly, it's it's long overdue. It's it's decades overdue. And I know right now may not be the best time because these places are flooded and you don't want to start a construction project in the middle of the flooding. But as soon as this goes down, and we pray it does very soon, they need to start building the dam immediately. Um, yeah. And they also need to improve drainage infrastructure. You go to some of the places where uh, they are high risk, and you build a, a very highly interconnected drainage system so that um, when the flooding, whenever there's another incidence of flooding, because if, if we... Are being honest right we live in an era where the impacts of climate change are beginning to take its toll on us and so yeah. with rising sea levels flooding will become a more occur- a reoccurring event a more frequent event in low risk uh, in sorry low plane um, low-lying areas um, yeah especially floodplains but if we if the government can build better drainage infrastructure that could at, at the very least ameliorate some of the issues they also need to dredge the rivers. Um, we know that the Niger and the Benue rivers, they are not so deep that when the um, the water flow increases, 
they could actually it could actually stay within the channel so it ends up it ends up flowing over but if they dredge them and make them deeper at least you can manage to keep some of the water within yeah. the course of the river yeah yeah those are actually really really great suggestions um and i i think maybe like you know this will probably you know go into my final question so you know your portfolio is built around the circular economy um i was just curious uh, before you know we started recording uh are there any linkages you know between um climate mitigation you know the efforts that you just um, shared and um redesigning these systems especially you know keeping in mind what the circular economy is and if so what are they yeah so in many ways that's that's actually sort of connected to the drainage issue that i mentioned so mm-hmm. not only is there a lack of drainage infrastructure but those that exist oftentimes are filled with waste the majority of that being plastic waste and where does the circular economy come in well instead of having these plastic items wantonly discarded into our drainage and waterways they can be taken they can be recycled repurposed remanufactured and so many different things done to them to reduce the volume of waste that finds their way into drainage systems and what that does is it clears out a great um, number of them and it, it frees up these channels for wastewater and flood water to go in and also you could actually use the um use certain materials like plastic to actually help build more resilient infrastructure in terms of um, flood in the events of flood and other um, climate um, extreme weather events or extreme climate activities Uh you have lots of people especially specifically in the in the middle belts and also in like the northeast people who live in you know thatch houses mud houses some of these uh, structures are in no way capable of resisting heavy flood water because of the material they're made of and we know that there are people who are actually working to use plastic in the construction of homes and buildings especially in rural communities so that's something that's at the very least it could in some way shape or form preserve some people's homes some of their properties and things like that so it's finding ways to first of all reduce the amount of waste that we're generating reduce mm-hmm. the improper discarding of waste and then also find ways that we can remanufacture or rather repurpose these waste items into things that can improve our climate resilience as a country mm. that's 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 really insightful um mm-hmm. so yeah thank you so much for joining us here today no so thank you for you know um sharing your knowledge um, especially about the present flooding crisis. I know a lot of people are really confused and especially the displaced um, people and families. So I think this yeah, definitely that's... helps to just give people a sense that, okay, something can be done. And I think you yeah. know it can just help the collective to really move towards um, pushing for just... mitigation. Yeah. Sorry, if I might also just add, because you mentioned something about displaced people, I think that's a very important point that you mentioned because you have several, so many people. I think it's 1.3 million people that have been displaced so far, and of course you have yeah. uh, over 600 people that have been killed. And a problem mm-hmm. with that that 
some people and at least i don't see many people talking about so much is that is going to increase the risk of conflict especially clashes with you know due to scarcity of food and grazing land we already have farmlands that are submerged and so when you have displaced people that are um, fighting for um, scarce resources in terms of food but then also land accommodation it could lead to an all-round volatile situation in the country so it's very important for people to know how this affects all of us you know just because you live in Abuja or Lagos or some of these places where maybe they aren't as affected that doesn't mean this flood doesn't affect you in some way and you also mentioned yeah. the rising food so it's so important for people to know what's going on I absolutely agree I absolutely agree um, but yeah thank you so much once again Nonso and um, thank you to our listeners for sticking around to this point um, I know attention spans are getting shorter each day but I promise this was yeah <laughs> of course it was, a, it was a worthy session but thank you Nonso and yeah stay tuned to the next episode guys bye bye